love one another, forgive, judge not, fear not. It's all such great advice with beautiful outcomes, but none of those principles is a one-step process. So let's talk specifics, the messy step-by-step. Welcome to, but how though, in a bunch of other spiritual conundrums. Welcome back to, but how though, in a bunch of other spiritual conundrums. I apologize for the delay this week. All of my podcast episodes have been delayed by at least a day. It's because we have the COVID. (laughs) My house, my edifice has been breached by the plague and I have it. But I still have some stuff to say. So we're doing this. I am not done with the walking on the water bit yet. So can we keep talking about that? A lot of the miracles that we read about and hear about, the only thing that's required from the person receiving the miracle is belief that it's possible and sometimes the humility to ask, sometimes obedience to instruction. Those are the things that seem to be required. But this story with Peter, this is one of the only examples I can think of, of more being required from the person asking for the miracle. Peter had to have the faith to ask, Lord, bid me come. And Jesus just replied with come. Very simple instruction. No scientific explanations of how it was going to work, what it was going to take for the surface tension of the water to be able to hold Peter's body up as he walked upon it. No warnings of what could happen if his faith failed. Like, careful, only think happy faith-filled thoughts or you're going to sink. It was just come which is a great example of how Team Universe teaches us. They allow the information and instruction to come through experience. This miracle required Peter to act, not just once in asking, not twice in leaving the boat, but repeatedly, step after terrifying step, Peter had to act. So next week, we're going to be talking a little bit more about fear versus faith and what that means to take one terrifying step after another. But this time, I just want to talk about the call that Peter felt inside, the call to more, the call that had him wanting to leave the boat. This call can be small or big. And like we talked about last week, the boat was a fine place to stay. No one had to get out of the boat. Jesus was already coming to them because they were in distress and they were crying out. But something drove Peter to ask, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come. Can I do what you're doing? Can I have that experience? Can I do more than stay in this boat? And Jesus said, come. And that is the but how though question for me this week. How are we to leave the boat Even when we get an answer that's a yes, come. How do we take both of our feet and put them over the edge of the safety of that boat when leaving is such a huge step? Picture this, please. You are on the water. It is dark. It's the fourth watch of the night. You're a fisherman, but it doesn't change the fact that you're being sprayed with water. The wind is loud. The waves are rocking you up and down and you are scared. Then you see someone you know, someone you trust walking toward you, doing something that looks impossible. And you say to yourself, 
okay, I'm not scared anymore necessarily. I kind of want to do that though. So you ask and the person says, sure, yeah, come on out. So what you're facing now is the edge of a boat. You have to walk to the edge. The waves are still going. The wind is still going. You have to put one foot over the side and then you have to put the other foot over the side. You're not going to get in and swim. You know that. You're going to get out and walk. Think about what this requires from a fisherman. (laughs) He had to set aside what he knew. His probably pretty in-depth understanding of the way the ocean works. He had to shut out some of those thoughts that he would inevitably have. I like to call it the inner downer because those thoughts automatically come up in the form of discouragement, but it sounds like it makes a lot of sense, which I'm sure was happening in Peter's mind, except for that Jesus, the person who Peter was looking to for permission and ability, did not chastise him. He didn't say, do you need to walk on water, Peter? Or did you notice that the boat is a perfectly sound, stable, safe place to be? Why would you even want to leave? Nor did he say, dude, what have you done to earn this miracle? Okay. Do you even know how to walk on water? Why should I grant it to you? Are you sure you should even want this? Jesus did not say any of those things. Yet when we feel compelled to do something more with our lives or with our circumstances, with our situation, with other people, whatever it be, when we're compelled to ask for more, we're sometimes blasted with these kinds of discouragements blasted. We might hear, you're too old. You won't be the best at that. So why even try? Or another one along those same lines. Too many other people have tried to do that already. Too many other people are doing that already. The market's saturated. You don't have an original idea here. It's already been done. Or that's a stupid dream, not a stable career. Or it's too much to ask. Just be grateful for what you have and on and on and on. But Team Universe is not in the business of keeping the status quo. They're not in the business of finding the nice, stable, safe place and making sure everyone finds that and then just stays there. That's not what life is about. Life is not about finding safety and then staying in it. Team Universe is in the growth business. It's all about more with them. All day, every day, it's about getting us to do more Not more so we can finally feel good about ourselves. Not more so we can prove to the haters in elementary school that used to make fun of you that you really are something or you really can be something. And it's not more so that you can be better than someone else so that you can finally feel good about yourself. No, this is about you becoming more of you. And it happens incrementally. The interesting relationship that I have with the getting out of the boat process is that I have the faith to ask. I have the faith that Team Universe has no limitations. I have the faith that Team Universe will lend me whatever strength, intelligence, skill, anything that I need, that I can be given that or shown that, that I have access to that in anything that I ask for. What I consistently (laughs) make a mistake in is thinking that step one is the last step, always. Step one is step last. I remember a few years ago, when I wanted to be cured of my eating disorder. I wanted to be cured. And I thought, okay, I think the best way to do that is if I wrote the whole story down, like I could get it down, I could get it out. Then my family could have it. Maybe it'll help my daughter so that they don't get it slip into this. And I wrote a memoir. 
after I wrote it, I thought, I'm cured. I'm done. <laughs> it's perfect. Not only will this memoir be so impactful that publishers will be clamoring, I'm sure, to publish and distribute this to the masses, but I also am cured of this illness that I've had in my mind because I got it all out of my system and I am done. I legitimately believed that. Then when I had a couple of people read the manuscript, I had a little bit of a wake-up call as to what it actually would take to write a thing and have it be a coherent, compelling narrative that somebody would actually want to follow more than like, you know, a page or two. So the step one of writing a book and feeling cured, I wanted that to be the ending that I had found. I, I wanted to be done with my eating disorder and I wanted to be a writer. So two birds with one stone. So I wanted to believe that because I wanted those things, taking the first step meant I was done. And when that step led me to another step, I was, you know, somewhat tolerant of it. But I still kept thinking, any second now, I'm done. Any second now, I'm there. Writing a book and feeling like I'm cured led me to sharing it with other people who were way more read and well-rounded and frankly intelligent than I was, one of whom was my mother, and she said, you should take a class, which, by the way, some of the best advice I have ever received from anyone on this planet. So I took a class, and that led me to go to writers' conferences. It led me to meet people and make friends. It led me to speak about my eating disorder and the path I was taking. It also led to relapse. And then I was so, so, so sad. And I thought, oh, no, I've done something wrong. I've messed up. This is another thing we're going to talk about next week. But the different steps that I took on this path still felt like, when am I going to get there? When am I going to get there? The idea was a there in my mind, right? But meanwhile, I am speaking. I go to therapy. The therapy leads me down the path to the big ask. And as soon as I start thinking about the big ask, asking for more, I want more in my life, more in my life, I get the words, you should start a podcast. <laughs> I think this is the beginning of my journey, a separate journey. So I'm thinking, this is step one, start a podcast. Well, step one involves a lot of little things, including, you know, learning about the very basics of the internet so that I could figure out how to, I don't know, post a single episode online. I knew nothing about podcasting. So just completing the step of you should start a podcast felt pretty big because I had to do several little steps just to do that one step. So of course, I again mistake step one, you should start a podcast. As step last, this podcast is the be all end all. This is your destination. But then it turns out that it's not. I continue. I meet lots of people. I learn about software. I learn about editing. I learn about interviewing techniques. I gain empathy. I get more skills. I continue to do more speaking. I continue to do more asking. I continue to have more experiences. And pretty soon, I'm led to have a second podcast. Pretty soon, I'm led towards helping other people find the right therapy for them. Pretty soon, all these little teeny steps that felt almost like sidesteps away from my destination turned out to be the exact thing that I wanted. It just was the journey of it. All these steps that Peter's taking that we are taking, they aren't leading us to the amazing miracle we'll experience at the end of the steps. It's not leading us to this destination. If Peter's story can teach us anything, it's that the miracle, the walking on the water, 
wasn't the thing that Peter was headed for and that when he reached Jesus, then he would start. The miracle started the second he left the boat. Everything he felt, everything he thought, everything he experienced was part of that miracle, including the fear. When we decided to ask the big ask, to ask for more, we had a lot of feelings and questions come up immediately, especially why more? Do you need a career, Rach? Can't you be content with being a stay-at-home mom? You and your children have been provided for in some very thorough, stable, beautiful ways. Do you need a career? Does your husband need a career change or more money? He's doing great. It pays the bills. Do you need to move? Do you need more bills? Really? Your home is beautiful. It's safe. It's in a wonderful area. You love the place you live. Why leave? But we felt it, guys. We felt it. We knew we could do more. And so we wanted more. And getting out of the boat felt terrifying because it wasn't just us (laughs) that we were taking out of that boat. It wasn't just me. It wasn't just me and Nate. It was me and Nate and our four children who, by the way, had very little choice in the matter. I remember having a wicked nightmare about it very soon after we moved of Nate and I driving in a vehicle and then we just inadvertently get out of the vehicle and the vehicle keeps going at the same speed and velocity it had been traveling up a hill. Then it goes over a huge jump. Our children are inside. The vehicle goes end over end and we can see them screaming from the inside of that vehicle and they are terrified and they can do nothing about it. And then they all died. Worst nightmare ever. And I woke up thinking, what have I done to my children? But that was also part of it, the fear, the fear of what lies ahead, the fear of whether or not you're going to be able to do it. All of those feelings come up and they have to be addressed, which is, again, what we're going to talk about next week. But for now, let's get back to the trust, because the trust that we have to access and mobilize, I'm not talking about just feeling trust inside of you. That's kind of like a warm, cozy blanket of, you know, everything's going to turn out okay and Team Universe is in the details, and you feel comfort because you trust. That's not the way I'm talking about using trust. I'm talking about the way that you have to use trust as a tool. It comes not just from wanting it to be there, but from actually using it. Team Universe knows that. So they give us opportunities to build trust. They don't just wave a magic wand, and then you trust them because you want to. You ask them for things and you are open to the responses, you are going to get every little experience you need to build the trust one tiny step at a time. Each step, big and small, is going to play a part in building that trust. And it will take time. And taking the time to feel each step, not just think that we're done, not just looking forward and praying for the outcome, without having to walk the whole path, but like as you take a step, feeling all of the feelings that that step entails, that's what builds the trust. Team Universe is so patient. They give us the experience that we need to build the trust through the process. Taking these steps, walking on water, it's not the same as getting the tidy end product. Walking on water entails, implies, demands the process of every single step, miracle by miracle, dream by dream, ask 
by ask. That's all I've got for this week. I'm Rachel Larson. Please do join me again next week as we talk about what the wind and the waves and the fear tell us while we're walking the path. When you feel that call inside, that little compulsion that grows a little bit bigger every time you think of it, that's calling you to do a little bit more. Because the process is incredibly individual, but it's also very formulaic. We ask and they say, come. In my experience so far, they are neither surprised nor disappointed when we pause and we ask. But how though?